Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. You know me, Cam Hayward. You know Hayden Walsh. And now we have a special guest, one of my longtime friends, great teammate, Super Bowl winning champion two times, Mr. Ike Taylor. Dude, thank you for coming on. Man, Cam uh, and company, appreciate y'all having me on the show. It's been a minute. I see your podcast going going good right now. Excuse how, I look, how I'm looking right now because I'm fresh off a of workout, but... You know, I can't, I can't, I can't miss this opportunity with my dog. Not a future Hall of Famer, not a three pro <laughs> contract, not the heart and soul of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. So, you're a generational player in my mind. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I know it's difficult, just my personal opinion, looking at it from a distance. You know how hard it is living up to the expectation on being a first rounder, and you exceeded yep. that plus most. So, I'm just appreciative of being on your show, Cam. Well, I'm a, I appreciate you, dude. Like, you know, we'd have been in some battles before, and uh, we could always count on you. And we get to count on you here. And uh, what did you think about Thursday night's game versus the Tennessee Titans? My dog Cam Hayward came back, right? So, you know, every time Cam, you know, every time Cam on the field, you got a chance along with TJ and company. You know, um, I know you don't get the recognition. Or from the outside world, but everybody who plays football, including guys you go against, they know they know exactly how much you you know your value is towards the team, the league, and how consistent you've been over the past I don't know 14, 15 years. I want to say with you, Cam. So um, Thursday, getting back to Thursday, man, I just thought that's exactly what Matt Canada should be from this point on, on the sideline. You know, um, it just <laughs> yeah. looked it looked different. It felt different. It was more interaction. With the players, um, he got to see up close in person uh, how the personnel was looking from the other side. He got to see who was tied on the defense. He got to see who didn't, <laughs> who, who didn't have enough snaps on the defense as far as like throughout the year. He got to pretty much see it all. And, you know, that's, that's courtside tickets right there. Yeah. Up and there, he had the sweet tickets, and it might feel a little bit different. But when you sit on that courtside, you know, that's a different experience, and he was able to do that. And I thought it's uh, not only his game planning, but – just the way he called the game, especially in the first three quarters, just the way he called the game, it kind of got him in the rhythm. You know, who was hot at every position and who wasn't at the time. So that's what I took from that game. As far as, like, the defense camp, I always, always thought y'all defense always gave Pittsburgh Steelers opportunity uh, to win the games. And you know this, like, it's going to be a few games out of the year where, man, we're going to have to talk to the offense. Like, today not our game. We're going to need y'all offense. And it's going to be a few games throughout the year on the defensive side, I'm going to be like, okay, offense ain't really cracking right now. Let's go in on winning for them. So, but that's what I took uh, mainly from that game on Thursday, uh, Matt Canada being on that sideline and how it affected that offense and the team. Well, you mentioned, you know, having a front, front row seat. Um, talk about the kid who's wearing your jersey, number 24, Joey Porter Jr. getting his first start. Man, talk about that moment, seeing that kid and, you know, what what you expect for him going forward with the twenty four jersey? He asked for that assignment, you know. He asked to carry ten, you know. That's that's not that that ain't normal for a rookie to ask a, a, a head coach or a coaching staff. Can I check ten? And that's D Hop, and we all know what D Hop brings to the table. D Hop, over the course of his career, Pro Bowls after Pro Bowls after Pro Bowls, you know. So right. 
Um, I mean, for a rookie. But then again, you got to understand, Cam, like, he grew up in training camp. He grew yeah. up in the locker room. He grew up with his dad coming home with the, the still of practice training camp stories. He grew up, you know, seeing the confetti coming down his head when he was winning Super Bowls. He grew up around all that. He grew up saying, Uncle Ike, you know, check the team's best receiver. He grew up around that. So the stage ain't really never too big for him. He just wanted his opportunity. So now from a coaching standpoint, it's like, okay, hold your water. We can't do it right now when he first came into the league. You know, you got to adjust. Yeah. But um, how I feel, and when he asked the coaching staff to do, he felt like he was ready, Cam. And not yeah. only have he have he dis- been displaying it throughout the course of the year, you know, first it was the third downs, and after the third downs, and they saw, you know, once he settled his mind and his feet on that on that grass, they was like, you know what, he just going to check 10 the whole game. And uh, just to see him mm. wear that two-fold, just to see him representing that two-fold, um, all I can remember when he said he wanted to wear that two-fold because of, because of Uncle Ike, all, the only thing that came to my mind, Cam, was uh, dang, his dad must have been talking good at home about two-fold. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't stay with him, you know, so I can only imagine, you know, you know, and you know how Peasy talked like, hey, we finally got us a dog at that cornerback position. Yeah. It's, a young, it's a young pup named Ike Taylor, and he'll take off from there, so... That's the only thing I can imagine in my head. So for him to not even, you know, not only wear that jersey, but to ask the coaching staff. Um, and, I, and I know for you, Cam, like, you know, it, it's a prove me kind of, you know, statement with you. Like, okay, he asked for this 10, the check 10. Let me yeah. see what he's going to do. So for him to come right. out um, on, on the other side, which is the left-hand column, which is the W side, and to play the way he played, you know, I tip my hat off to that two folk. Now I want to take you back. Um before your senior year at Lafayette, you were you weren't a DB, right? What was it like? What What were you thinking about being a DB and playing with Peanut Tillman? Man, listen, I was playing running back, right? And uh, we played Arizona State, and they had a DN yeah. called Terrell Suggs that went to Arizona State. And uh, <laughs> the the coach the coach asked me, uh, you know, I had to back then we can chop block. Yeah. So uh, I chop block. Uh, well, I tried to chop block T. Suggs, and uh, it just made me reconsider football and being on that side of the ball. I'm like, man, this dude built like a brick. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I wind up having some yards, and I always wanted my name in the paper because, you know, really when you're on the offensive side, especially at that running back position, you get enough carries and hit that paint. Man, your name will always be in the paper. But they ain't tell me, you know, you also had to block as well. Guys like you and T. Suggs. And I say, you know what? Yeah. I'd rather be on the opposite side where I get to inflict pain instead of taking the pain. So um, after that mm. after that running back, after my junior year, they, they had a coach named Gary Bartell. He was a secondary coach. And at the time, we had Ricky Bustle coming in from VTech. Now, Ricky Bustle just got done with Michael Vick. So Ricky Bustle was like, why are you, why are you transferring over to the, to, the, to the defensive side? You know I can make you a 1,000-yard uh, running back. And I'm like, damn, 1,000-yard running back? But then, you know, you had Coach Coach Bartell, he was just breaking it down to me like, look, you're fast, you're aggressive. All we need to work on is technique. I'm telling you, um, you and Tillman can be one of the top two corners in the nation. So I sat and I prayed on it. I wound up crossing over to the other side. And we ran like a 4-4 defense. And pitcher, mm. now I'm the, short, I'm the shortest guy in the secondary. So Peanut, Peanut wow. was about 6-2 and a half. We had Kyrie Abair. Kyrie Abair, he got drafted by Minnesota in like the seventh round. He was 6'3. We had Brian Demon at the other safety. He was 6'3. 
I was six two, maybe six one and some change. So we had a tall, we had a tall, fast, aggressive secondary. All right, let me get this right. In high school, you played running back, DN, linebacker, and kicker. Man, we, we ran that wing T. So I was the wing T um, in high school. Um, in high school, I didn't play corner until I got to college. I was a DN. I picture a one fifty five soaking wet playing DN. So I played DN. Uh, Eddie, Eddie on the other side had like twenty some sacks. I had like eighteen sacks. And then kicker, I was a kicker for my high school. So yeah, I pretty much I pretty much did it all when it came uh when it came down to football at my high school. And to be honest with you, Cam, I was probably like the fifth or sixth best dude on my team. Like we was loaded. Well, I asked you that, uh, the Texans running back. Did you see him hit the game-winning field goal? Man. You think you can hit an NFL yeah, field Yeah, you could do that, right, Ike? Yeah, it got to be from like five yards, though. <laughs> <laughs> For real. What's the furthest you ever made? Uh, like, 40, like 41, 42 yards. And I used to kick it old school. I used to kick it with my big toe. You know I got a big toe. So I, I ain't know nothing about no soccer. So I used to I used to line up. Bro, I used to like, do the same thing. Yeah, kick it with a big toe. I remember all my coach used to tell me, um, was keep your head down. Don't look up. When you look up, that's when you're gonna swing it. Left or right, just always keep your head down. So that's what I was consistent. I was just consistent at keeping my head down when I kicked the ball. And there you go, extra points. Yeah, they took me off a kicker quick. Uh I used to <laughs> kick in middle school. They was just like, You too you too damn big to be trying to kick field goals, bro. <laughs> I, I had a touchback one time. They were like, oh, you could kick, but, like, you ain't doing it the right way we do it. So right, right. we're going to take you off of this. Right. I respect <laughs> it. Um, I want to talk about that feeling you got getting your first pick versus Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, crazy. It was How Beth- special is that? It was Bethel Johnson. Bethel Johnson coming from Texas A&M. Now, I, I, we played Texas A&M. I think I had – I was talking about this Monday. We played Bethel Johnson. If anybody can remember who Bethel Johnson is, he was a receiver at Texas A&M. 4-3 all day, 4-4 all day. Um, the Patriots mm-hmm. wind up getting him. We was in cover four, and he ran a post. And uh, I was like, man, I got to go track this ball. And Tom put enough air under it. And uh, Chris Hope was the safety at the time from Florida State. We had third-round draft pick, C. Hope. And I said, man, I just got to go up and get this thing. So I went up and got it, and I still got that picture on my wall, my first interception on the wall. But – you know, just coming down with it, uh, I was like, dang, like this NFL first pick. And look who it was. It was it was the great GOAT, Tom Brady. So um, when that happened, mm-hmm. I was just excited uh, to get it. Uh, my, my teammates were more excited than me because they understood, you know, where I came from as far as like not playing that position as long, but wind up, you know, giving, a, giving another opportunity for the offense to score. So mm-hmm. I was ecstatic for it. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet. Up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer must be valid, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wage only. Must register with eligible promo code. 
Bet amount or qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to your account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to the Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Now you got a son, Uh Ivan, who was balling out, right? I wish he was going to Ohio State. I don't know where he's going to end up, but could be ending up in Notre Dame. How proud of you of that dude in his dream, in his path? Like, could you w- – what's the crowning moment in, on this journey that he's about to he'll, he'll, embark he'll, on? He don't even know I look up to him. Like, I tell him, but I, I think he think, like, Dad, just be talking. But him, just, just like Cam as a person, you know what I'm saying? So my son, not only as a football player, he's, he's, he's letting me relive – what I never probably would have did, going to 10 to 15 different colleges on a recruiting visit. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a walk-on. So Ivan's just giving me moments, giving me moments in my life that I probably would never have if Ivan wasn't the athlete he is. You know, so, but for me as a person, we we can just talk about from relationships to to decision-making, like, He's everything I wish I would have been at 16, 17 years old. So, mm. really, I just look up, to be honest with you, I just look up to my son pretty much in, in every aspect. Like, he's he's my best friend. But you want to talk about a proud dad. The reason why I'm so proud is because you can only dream, and you got kids, so you, you can only dream or you can only want, like, if I had a if – I, if I could engrave, if I can build a, a kid as a parent, this exactly – this would be exactly how I would want to build my kid, and this is exactly how I want to build my son. Like, it just how I want to mold, shape, and create uh, 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 as a parent, your kid. I'm, I'm looking at my son in the flesh. Mm. So, I mean, for my son to get up 4.30 in the morning, and I only told him this once. I say, I say, son, if I got to tell you twice, you don't want it. And this is with anything in life. Don't, don't, don't tell me you love it, and you ain't showing me you love it. So I only told him once, 4.30 in the morning, Cam in the off season, him and his homeboys come to the garage and they work out before they go to school. You know what I'm saying? So, and the reason why I'm so proudful, and you probably sooner than later could attest to this, you know kids in our situation, they really don't want for too much of nothing. You know? But for yep. him not even to even blink twice about, I remember him telling me two years ago, like, Dad, like, that's your story. So everything you accomplished, you know, in your lifetime, that's on your book. He said, I got to create my own book. So this is where I got to go. So I'm like, 
Dang, it's grown ups that don't get that part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and for him, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Um, he knows he have he, he has to do good in school. Even though he don't like school, he averages 3.9, 4.0 GPA because he sees his long-term goal. And, you know, for football, we don't have the luxury, you know, going to college for one year like they're doing basketball or going overseas for mm -hmm. a year and coming out. Like, you got to do three. You have to. That's just yeah. a must. But um, he totally understands that part. But as far as, like, the athleticism, and here go J.P. Jr. again. Like, he sat in training camp. You've seen him in training camp. You see him like he didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't sat with a confetti. He didn't sat in Coach LeBeau meetings. He did, and that's what I liked about Coach T and Coach Kyle as well. They allow your son to be in training camp, and training camp for me is the most important yeah. part. You can groom a young man because it ain't nothing but a yeah. concrete jungle. It's just in a football world. You're around a lot of testosterone. You're around a lot of guys um, who trying to make the team, and it's a it's a different kind of environment. And these kids don't forget this at all. You know, so for him mm -hmm. to go through that, but to to match that intensity and understand, okay, dad had this story. It's time for me to create my own. And for me not to have him, have to tell him twice, as far as like being a father, like it's, I can't even put no words on it, Cam. Mm. Ike, I want to ask you, what's the best defense you ever played on? I know Coach T said at 2000, he said at 2010, but... It's two. It's two. It's two different defenses. So that that 2006 defense um, we had was was bully ball. And what I mean, what I mean by bully mm -hmm. ball, we was the six seed. We had to win like five games to actually get in the playoffs. And what sparked our season was uh, when Bussy gave it to Brian Erlacher in the snow. In Heinz Field at the time, <laughs> when he ran him over for the Wichita call it, we was like, "Oh snap! We know we about to go to the playoffs." And once we get to the playoffs, it's gonna be a wrap for a lot of people. So, and it was it was like us versus the world. It was like f everybody. That that that, that was our mentality for that 2006 year. We just felt like our back our backs was against the wall. Nobody believed in us. Then we had to run through the, the top four, top five offenses. So we had to clear, we had to clear Seattle, we had to clear Denver, we had to clear Cincinnati, and we had to clear uh Peyton and the Colts just to win it all. Mm. So, you know, you had Peyton, you had uh Jake the Snake Plumber, you had uh Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, who was wow. they was they was loaded. Ocho TJ and Chris Henry, R.I.P. Chris Henry. They was loaded. Yeah. And we ain't talking about Rudy Johnson at a running back position. We had to clear a lot of things. And then we had to clear Seattle, the final game in the Super Bowl with uh, Alexander, who was running wild when he came back to the mm -hmm. running back position. So we had to clear a lot. Now, that 2008 season, um, we were just smarter than everybody. Like, we already knew, like, <laughs> we already knew what you was going to do. Like, man, y'all might get 13 points this game. And literally, that might have been like the most historical, statistical-wise defense you could ever see. If y'all want to look that up, like we, yeah. we we knew exactly what you was gonna do, whether it's first, second, or third down. But you had to look at the personnel. Like our leader in two thousand six, what six was Joey Porter, and you know Joey was super aggressive. 
uh, wouldn't mind fighting nobody, and that's how our team was built. We fought anybody, anytime, any place in the world. Now you transfer over to the 2008 season, you know, James Ferry, a pot dog, he's more like business savvy. You know, Virginia guy, uh, uh, PhDs, master degrees, like, hey, we're going to be smarter than everybody and we're going to hit everybody the hardest. It's two different kind mm-hmm. of people when, you, when, when, when you're that kind of team leader. So we just knew that 08, and I would have to say that 08, that 08, you know, 14 points was a maybe for y'all. And then we was doing it violently. Like, and then they tried to change the rules. So they tried to change the rules. You couldn't tap nobody in the, hel- in the helmet no more. We were just yeah. like, F it. We just about to blow ACLs out. So picture you, going back, <laughs> picture you going back to the sideline and we arguing, like, bro, why you just don't blow us ACL out? Picture you on the offensive side and they got, they got guys on defense like, bro, just blow us ACL out. And you just looking back like, he talking about me? <laughs> and like, yeah, he talking about you. So it was just like a different kind of it's, it's it's a different kind of temperature, but yeah, you know Coach T too at the time. Coach T super savvy, coming from William and Mary. You know, between him and Pot Dog, that's like that was like the best mix you can have as a head coach and a defensive yeah. leader because both of them are. When you talk about you know, I mean Cam, you know this football IQ ain't nobody better than Coach T. I don't care what they talk about as as a head coach when it comes down to football IQ, mm-hmm. there's nobody in the world. Better than Coach T. So, and you get that with an aggressive defense and a and, and a super intelligent and aggressive leader in James Ferrier and Larry Foote, it's a wrap. Mm. I want to ask you uh, quickly, how instrumental was Coach LeBeau to you and the Steelers? Man, I mean, we all had goals, but one of our goals, the more you got around Dickie was, you didn't want to upset him and you would run through a uh, a brick wall for Dickey. I mean, not only did um, the defense did, but even guys on the offensive side, Cam, um, Dickey would love and respect it. Then you just talk about the building. The building loved and respected Dickey. Then you want to talk about just the league. And then you get to talking to former players who play under Dickey, and everybody pretty much say the same thing. Like, he's one of a kind. You know, then when yeah. you listen to his stories – you know, one of one of the only white men in Detroit at the time during the Motown era. Then you wind up figuring out that Dickie has his own CDs, his own songs. Then you wind up figuring out Dickie can play the drums, the guitar, and he can sing. And then you wind up finding out, you know, Dickie, if you want to play him in pool, he'll smoke you in pool. Then you wind up finding out, you know, <laughs> Dickie, if Dickie didn't want to play football, he was a scratch golfer on a Palmer. Them two was like best boys back in the day. So what Dickie couldn't do, yeah. by the way, he's a Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> He's the Hall of Fame coach with damn near 50-some interceptions playing on the other side of Night Train Lane. So it's yeah. just like, damn, I'm surrounded by greatness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So with, with Dickie, man, Dickie's just different. I mean, Dickie was just – then, by the way, he came up – he was one of the first to come up with the fire zone packages when you yeah. want to talk about from a defensive standpoint. But he just he just got what it was to be a player. So having, having him as a coach, especially at the secondary position – he understood totally what you was going through from a secondary standpoint because usually your defensive um, DCs are either linebackers or D-line coaches. You very um, rarely see a defensive back coach, um, I mean defensive defensive coordinator who played your position. But Dickie just mm-hmm. understood us. He, we talked the same talk. Um, so it was just easy playing for Dickie. 
in uh in that organization. Mm. Who was the most difficult receiver to cover in your time? Man, he, I played on the team with him, but now he going now he going haywire. AB. So uh <laughs> AB AB uh I mean AB like I mean we could say whatever we want to say off the field about AB, but on the field and you can attest to this. Um Yes. Ain't nobody work harder. Dude was hard as Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no. Nope. And I, I got a great work. Everyone ethic. says that. I, I, I got a great, I got a great work ethic. Um, between what I thought, between like our position, between me, Le'Veon, and AB, as far as like outside the interior guys with y'all. But ain't nobody out, ain't nobody outwork AB, man. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, Cat, you couldn't outwork, you couldn't outwork that man. And when he, Cats Cat just don't understand it, man. Like right. I remember, like I'll have guys ask me, like, man. Like, how do people compare to A.B.? And I'm like, Ain't no comparison. guys, y'all don't understand how to do practice. Like, finished every rep in every the rep. end zone. Every rep. We every had, rep. We had to wait on him. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we had to wait on him, Sam. <laughs> we had to wait on him to come back. And this is this, this was every day we had to wait on A.B. Yeah. But it was, such, it was such a habit when he got in the game, that's all he knew. Scope. Once yeah. I Because he do it all the time in practice, every rep in practice, then – you know, his route running was Jerry Rice-like. You feel me? Then when he mm-hmm. got towards the sideline, he wound up catching ballerina feet. So it's yeah. like it's like his spider sense is on that sideline with something different. But you can't, you can't, you can say what you want to say about A.B. But as far as like in between on white lines and on that football field, could nobody do it. Could nobody do it better than A.B. at the time. I want to ask you about Ben, um, and this kind of leads to Kenny, too. Uh, from rookie year, you have been – I think you guys went like 15-1, right? Right. What was the biggest jump in him in his second year, and what do you see Kenny having to do to create that jump as well? It's hard comparing Kenny to Ben. Ben right. a little bit different. Uh, ben never Ben never gave a you know what about what somebody thought about him because he always was that guy regardless on what sport he played whether it was football basketball baseball golf and you know in the locker room we had them shuffleboard tournaments and yep. the ping pong tournaments and Ben always wind up being he always wind up being a winner so but for Kenny is uh he just gotta let it go and what I mean by let it go my per- my personal opinion I know Omar gonna get mad at me. Oh my <laughs> just uh whatever you see slang it because mm. he, he got everything we looking for um from a to be a franchise quarterback just let it go you got two receivers that's dogs mm-hmm. gp he not from here here alien uh deontay johnson he probably one of the best route runners um then you got calvin he'll take the top off the roof and we ain't even talking about the tight ends you know what he got at a tight end position in between uh, Najee and Jalen, you know, lightning and thunder. So it, for for me, what I would tell Kenny is, bro, have fun and just let the ball go. Don't don't even don't even overanalyze what you're doing because you got it. Like you played in Pittsburgh, you under, you understand the history. You understand the history from the Steelers because we share the same building, and you know what it is to play in the cold. So for me, I would just tell Kenny, man, just let it go, bro. Just let that thing fly. Mm-hmm. Whatever you see, let it go. Just don't even think twice about it. Now, we got to talk about baby Jesus. Um, people don't know who baby Jesus is, but, you know, I had a special relationship with him. You had a special relationship with him. Explain to everybody who baby Jesus is. 
Baby Jesus, Troy Palomalu. Um, but he he was he was Baby Jesus on the field. I mean, off the field, but on the field, he was a Tasmanian devil. So it just it just <laughs> depends on you know which one you want to talk about. But Troy was just different, man. It's it's a uh, just as a human, as a person, Troy had a, like a, a spiritual presence about him. So we, you, you can always wonder, you always wonder why, like how somebody this calm off the field can be this violent on the field. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and what I did like about Troy, Troy uh, never said what he was going to do. He just did it instinctively. Mm-hmm. And them kind of people don't come around often. So it wasn't like, like I'm about to do this. Troy just did it. And once he did it, it just be like, oh, snap, let me go block somebody so he can score a touchdown. <laughs> but um, Troy knew how to cheat the defense. <laughs> and, like, he knew he knew the weakness to the defense and his temperature check throughout the game on what the offense was trying to do to the defense. He was the OC. Mm. He was the offense coordinator. Like, I know at this particular moment, Carson wants to throw this curl route to so-and-so because it's third and 10. So he's going to go to 12. He's going to push that 12. He's going to come back at 10. Let me go all the way on one side so he can say I'm on that side. By the time he throws his ball, I'm back now. I didn't got the ball. Boom. Same way Joe Flacco, uh, Tennessee, he'll get the snap count. Like Troy, Troy temperature check was a little bit different. It was, a whole, it was on a whole other level from everybody else who was on the field. And it's crazy we're talking about Troy because I was scrolling through Instagram today and they just had like, uh, you've got Troy Palomalu. And everybody was talking about uh, finding Troy, you know? <laughs> and just because you knew where Troy was before the snap doesn't mean Troy was going to be there during the snap. <laughs> he was going to make that play. So, and, and it just, it, it, it just, you, you play with Troy so much and Cam, you know this. When you play with him for a long time, it, it just becomes Troy's about to make a play. Yeah. yeah. Like you knew at, in the heat of the moment when you needed a play, it's like Troy's going to make a play. <laughs> and sure enough, Troy made a play. Yeah. So you just got used to Troy making plays. But what I liked about our team was um, when one person made a play, we all made a play. You know, everybody knew they. Everybody knew Troy was Michael Jackson. We was the Jackson Five <laughs> because he, he was just he was just somebody totally different. And you knew you just had to stay in your lane. Yeah. So for me, as a secondary guy, I'm just like, man, I'm gonna ride his coattail. I'm gonna ride his coattail till he won't hang his cleats up. I'm gonna let him be Batman, and I'll be robbing all day. <laughs> that's, the, that's just that's just what it was. But Troy, just a unique person. Then you know, you know. Don't nobody, don't too many people know how goofy and Troy is. You got to be around him, yeah, to see <laughs> playful, goofy. He a jokester, play cracking jokes on you, like. But you, 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 you got to be around him for that. And you know, only a few people, including yourself, only can see that side of Troy. But Troy just, uh, I mean, just one of a kind. Well, it's funny you like bring up Troy when we start talking about Troy and seeing his greatness. Um, I remember like. You know, Coach Bell would be like puzzled when he would see he he get Troy to come up. Man, Troy, what were you thinking about showing up at the line when you got the deep third? And he was like, Coach, why well, saw this? And he, he goes, Well, next time, just tell me. <laughs> TP, TP ain't telling he ain't telling nobody because 
It's so instinctive. That's that's when we knew God was talking to him. Yeah. Like God, that's when we start calling the baby Jesus. Like God must have told him this was gonna happen on this plate because he ain't telling nobody. It's just like spiritually and instinctive. He just he just did it. So you just you just knew Troy was gonna Troy was gonna make that play. But yeah, Dicky Dicky for for Dicky not to understand, but to, to understand how special Troy was, but for Dicky to be like. Troy, what the heck you was thinking? And for Troy really not to have an answer, it's like, okay, you tapping, you tapping into your spiritual side. You just so happen to play football. <laughs> Last question. Um, you mentioned Paul Paul, and everybody likes to think you're you're the you were the son of the Pittsburgh Steelers, adopted son for the Pittsburgh right. Steelers. Explain the relationship you had with Paul Paul and how much love you have for him. Um, I mean, I mean, old man crazy. Rooney. To this day, I, to, to to this day, I still might hit his phone up just to, you know, just to hit him up. But uh, really, I can't even put my hand on it. Cam, like Papa was just, and I think him and our relationship was more like, cause I hit him with one time. Uh, I say, dang, Papa, Mama let you walk out the house with them high waters. <laughs> and if y'all don't know what high waters is, you know, it's 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 some pants that exact, like they're too high. And he was like, you don't, you don't like my pants? I'm like, nah, Papa, I don't like no pants at all. Like, we got to get you a better suit. And I said, Papa, you got too much money to be walking out the house like that. You know, so him and I kind of like started off like that. Uh, he wound up getting him a suit. Um, and he came back a couple of weeks later like, is this good enough? And I was like, all right, now we're talking. Now we got to adjust your shoe game. Like, you got way too much money to be wearing penny loafers. Like, and we're going to take, take the penny out of the loafer. At least put a half a dollar in that thing, you feel me? <laughs> so it was just uh, that moment. And then uh, for Christmas, I kept seeing him walk around with a briefcase. Right now, I was like, oh, man, I got to get Papa a new briefcase. Mm. You know, so I wound up getting Papa a new briefcase. I don't know if that briefcase was from the 40s or the 30s. I don't know how long that thing was passed around, but wind up hitting him with a briefcase. But what really, what really, what really touched me was. Uh, I was tired, you know, I was burning both ends of the stick. What I mean by both ends of the stick, I was going out and I, I was coming from going out, I went straight to workouts. I used to do that often. And I was tired, but I always making my, make my way up there on that second floor to go say hi and see how he was doing damn near every day. So uh, I went up there, he let me lay on his couch, he was doing work and I wind up falling asleep. Now this after practice, now I fell asleep for like three hours. <laughs> So this is like seven, eight o'clock at night. And you know, when you wake up, you wake up in that panic mode because you don't really know if you slept the whole day yeah. over. So I woke up, everything was shut. And uh, he was still up. He was waiting for me to get up. So he didn't told Mr. Art uh, to leave so he can do work in his office and let me sleep. And I'm like, damn, this dude really do mess with me. You know, so him and I just kind of built that relationship then you just hear from like the front office people like my contract time was coming and you know he, he's, he's telling my agent like you know don't this is this is this is the number for Ike we're not going over this number this is so you know you got to go through the chain of command so then Omar come to me like you know Paul Barone said this is the number we're not going above this number so I said, man, F that. I drove from the south side. I went to go see him in his office, and I closed the door. 
I said, Papa, just tell me what I'm not doing right. Like, I, I understand the business side. Like, can you can you at least just give me 500, 800,000 more? Like, I ain't really asking for too much. Just, just tell me what I'm not doing right. And uh, he ain't really say too much. I said, man, because I understand the business side, but I'm actually going through the business part of it, and I'm getting very frustrated. And I don't want to be frustrated at you, Paul Paul, because by the end of the day, they got to come to you to get that check cash. And uh, he ain't say too much. And uh, he said, I hear you. And I politely walked out. And then uh, Omar, call, Omar called me. Omar, he was like, how in the world did you do that? <laughs> and, and I say, I say, oh, I just told him how, how I felt. <laughs> you feel me? He was like, only, only Ike. But what really hit me was uh, everybody knew our relationship. What really hit me when he when he passed, and uh, you know, I go I go to the I go to the funeral. Well, I go to the viewing, and it's just the family there. So I see Momo, I see I see all the other Rooney's. I'm like, what the boys at? Boys, as in y'all. I'm like, what the boys at? It was like for the viewing right now is just is just the family, and I just broke down. <laughs> like I just fell to my knees and broke down in tears, and I was like, oh, he really did look at me as a part of the family. So you know, Casey Hampton, Peasy. Um, pot dog, you know, they used to call me Ike Rooney. <laughs> and, and when I saw what happened, it was just like that. Then when we get to the cathedral, I see President Barack Obama at the time, Kraft, Jerry, Mean Joe Green, like y'all sitting on the right hand side. Like I'm sitting with the family and I'm seeing all this, all these important people behind me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, this is, he really, and now, now they, now they get to see it. Like, we heard Ike and Dan Rooney had a relationship, but when they see me walk all the way up and sit with the family, they're like, okay, now we see. So for me, it was a, it was like a bittersweet moment mm. for me. So um, to be one of the Paul, and I remember Mr. Art calling me. He was like, I know my dad will probably want you to be one of the Paul Bearers wow. for, uh, with, the, with the seven or eight grandkids. Would you? And I said, you ain't even got it. I said, yes. You know, so that wind up happening. And then we, you know, we sent them off, sent them off in a good way. But yeah, man, the relationship, I, I don't, I don't know, Cam, like I could tell stories about it, but how it really came about is just, it's just, uh, it just came to be honest with you. Mm. Man, that was special. Um, I would just say thank you, Ike, for coming on, man. It, it's been... Um, really special, special to go down, you know, memory lane, hear about your story, hear about Troy, hear about Paul, Paul Rooney. Um, but man, you did things the right way. And we were always thankful to have you as a big brother, uh, to lead us, um, and show us the way and take guys under our wing, your wing. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for, uh, Share them with us. All right, guys, we have our special segment again. Uh, it's a little late because Christian was looking at wedding venues, but oh here we are with a short time with a long snapper and our very special guest, Mr. Coons. How are you doing? 
I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hayden, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Long weekend. Uh, Had to be a nice one. What'd you do? Nice weekend. Uh, Not much. I mean, we had a little Halloween get together, like celebrate Halloween a little bit. Um, We enjoyed the dub. It's always nice getting a Thursday night win, having a long weekend, but now we're back into it. So just how how did you feel about the win? Were you excited? I was very excited. That was a big win. It was good having 97 back finally. You know, stopped to run a little bit. That was good. That was good to have him back. How do you think he yeah. played? I'm not sure. I can't talk on anybody else's performance. Hey, I, I, I'm standing. I'm standing on the sidelines watching. So I you have the best play. view, though. You're right I there. Do. I do. I mean, it, it's a physical game. I'm. I'm glad I do what I do. I'll just say that. Well, you do what you do, but I did see you in a couple little scuffles during the game. What, what happened there, my guy? They were. Needless to say, I think they were picking on me a little bit. They were trying to—they were trying to bully me, play a little bowling ball, and I wasn't having it. I wasn't having it. Did you get a personal foul? No, I got a—I got—I got a warning from Danny Smith. The ref came over and warned Danny, but no personal foul. I know not to take it that far. I can't—I'll be fired if I get a personal foul. Besides a face mask. Would it be weird for a long snapper to get a personal foul? Yes. That'd be way too. That's well, not way, a non-play. I would agree with him on the. He yeah. can't be getting personal fouls. Yeah, he can't do it. Because <laughs> I, 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 I just imagine him walking off the field and Mike T staring right at him. We're like, <laughs> the hell is this dude thinking? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's an area I won't step. Personal foul that's unrelated to a football play. I mean, the face mask was obviously mm-hmm. uncontrollable. But if I get a personal foul, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna murder me. Yeah, the, the defense would kill me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch any of the football this weekend? I did. I watched a lot, actually, more than I usually do. Okay. Interesting. Well, did you see? Our- did you see Houston Texans running back going in as the emergency kicker and hit the game-winning field goal? Impressive, crazy, dude. People don't remember when you bet me you you could make a PAT. And you still owe me money for it. You missed like five in a row. I made you it. Make a single, no, you I didn't. No, you didn't. I did make it. Don't do that. Don't lie. Hey, who do you believe in this situation? I, I believe Koontz on that one. I, I do. I kicked field goals in middle school. I don't buy, I don't believe you made the current PAT. I don't believe that. He did not. He wasn't even close, dude. I gave him five tries. <laughs> it originally was three tries. He didn't come, come close. And then he took two more tries and didn't come close again. That checks out, Cab. That sounds like something you would do. It is. It, wow. It does. It does. <laughs> wow. But that was that was really impressive. That guy came in and I mean live situation he and he got that field goal to go in. That was impressive. Who are the Steelers going to if that happens? If Boz is out, who kicks? I don't even know cuz we Presley came in Cleveland two year no, it's not you. Cleveland came in 2 years ago when Boz got hurt and I don't think Presley's legs it's not you, dude. It's not. You'd be the last guy we put in there. I'm dead serious. Uh, we're not putting you out there. Well, no, because someone has to snap it. I think no yeah. joke. Oh, I would be the last guy. So try we'd, again. We'd probably we'd probably put TJ. You're right. That was a good one. We'd probably put TJ in there. He'd probably get it done somehow or some way. Why would we put TJ there? Because the guy could just do everything. Have you seen him throw a ball? I don't need to. I think he's he'd be. The, the fourth best quarterback on our team. Koontz is just asking him to kick the ball, Cam. He ain't asking him to throw it, so just kick it. I got to start bringing these videos out because 
you guys would be utterly shocked with how one of your Steelers captains, not named Cam Hayward, played quarterback, and it was horrible. <laughs> I got I'm gonna egg him on the throw tomorrow. Because you know he's gonna. He, you know he says, "Well, that was my first year. That was my freshman year. What do you expect?" And I'm like, "Bro, it was trash." Like they were showing, they were showing incompletions in his high, highlights. That's how bad it was. That makes me happy. <laughs> oh. All right, so there's this video going around on the internet. It's Peyton and Eli's show, and they had Arnold Schwarzenegger on as the guest of the Manning cast. During his interview with Arnold, he was feeding his pet donkey, Lulu. Are you into any thought of having a pet donkey? No, I'm not. I don't, I'm a city. I feel like I'm a city guy. Donkeys, to have a pet donkey, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I can see you with a llama, though, like Napoleon Dynamite style, though. I could do a llama. A llama would be kind of cool to have a llama just chilling in your backyard with a wooden fence up. I don't know how a llama in Pittsburgh works. I, I That would be my concern is can a llama fit in Pittsburgh? What's the most exotic pet you would own? I mean, I, I wish I wish we could like a, a tiger. I'd want a tiger. I mean, I see videos on Instagram all the time. People <laughs> with tigers. You just oh, said yeah. exotic. <laughs> oh. That would All be all right. Dangerous. We have, that would be we have Tiger King on the on the session right now. Like, wow, thank you for that. Who doesn't want a tiger? Any sane person who doesn't want to get eaten by a tiger. I mean, I'm gonna train him and and, and you know, he's gonna be part of my family. He's not gonna eat me. Okay. Tell Sigfrey and Roy that too, okay? Oh wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's a dated reference, but wow. That's a wow. That was low blow. Wow. That's not a low blow. They trained lions and tigers for all the years. Did happen. And what happened? All right. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind like a little monkey that just like sits on my shoulder. There you go. All <laughs> right, let's move on to Cam Newton uh with Jimmy Clausen. Asked for $1 million for Cam's request to have his jersey number. If someone wanted your jersey number, what would you do in return? What would you ask for in return? Um, it, it all depends. Like, what round they were – is it a first-round draft pick? Is it is it a guy like that? But I don't know. I feel like if someone asked for 46, I'd be pretty honored. I'd probably just like – I'd probably just give it to him, honestly. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you really want 46? You can have it. But I would need a little, like, maybe a little gift. Maybe at the time I needed a MacBook, maybe I would ask for a MacBook. There you go. Cam, what about you? How much are you charging for your for 97? Well, well, first of all, Coons, why don't you get some Wi-Fi before you get the MacBook? Because we're always having trouble with your connection. No, come on now. That was a one-time thing. <laughs> don't throw him under the bus like that. Don't, look, look don't, now he's all nervous. He's cleaning the <laughs> <laughs> the camera. Uh, yeah. It does look a little blurry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm not giving up the jersey. It doesn't matter what it is. You have uh, a number. I don't have a number. Yes, you do. Nobody yeah, there's a number in there. If there's I'm a- playing today, there's nobody on this planet that's getting a number 97 Steeler jersey and running out there with it. 
It's just there's not. No, there's not a single. There's not a number. There is a number. There's not a number. There's always a number. There's a number there's for everything, number. Hayden. There's a number. There's always a number. The, we can get there eventually. There is a number. I Throw can't afford numbers. It. Throw out I some can't. numbers and see what I happens. I mean, if somebody said a million dollars for ninety-seven, nope. you'd be a fool nope. not to take not that. Not a chance. You'd be a fool. Not a, a chance. I don't care not how much chance. you made. You're a fool if you don't take not that. Not a chance. You would take a million. Not a chance. Yes, you would. God's my witness. Not a chance. Hey, I, I forgot to bring this up. So during the game, right, first field goal we get, um, it's my first play of the game. Um, or it's a PAT, actually. And I'm thinking just regular snap. Bro, they tried to blow me up. <laughs> they tried to kill me on the first snap. And I was they, like, oh. They went at him. Pretty new to me. Really? They went yeah. at him. He don't get tested often over there either. It's nice when he yeah they tested. they tested they tested that my 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 groin for sure. Really? What they do? Yeah. Like line up three dudes over you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. man, I need to go back and look at that. Really? He didn't fall though, which sucks. Like he didn't even fall. He just like took it on and just kind of like backpedaled a little. Like dude, yeah. So they awful. did that to me, but then the next side they went to the other side on loud louder milk. <laughs> I look over. I'm like, "Loud, you good?" He was like, "Man, I was just trying to make sure I fell gracefully." <laughs> <laughs> they they were rushing. They were rushing on those field goals. Yeah, they're physical. They're a physical football team. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, and then another thing that happened on field goal: the Broderick Broderick Jones situation. Why didn't oh, you yeah. stop, and stop that? I, I was too late at that point, man. Like. I, I snapped it. They were jumping over. We were me and Isaac were dealing with people jumping, and and then by the time Broderick's helmet was off, by the time I turned around, that was that was that case was gone. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not, I walked over there and I had to step in between. You had more time than me, so it sounds like you're making excuses. Uh, so I have to separate Broderick Jones and Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, that is 100 percent your job. Man yeah. with a C on his chest. Not you, Christian. Cam, that's on you. You that's need to go over you, there and, fit and step in on that. That is yeah. definitely on you. Are you not part of this team? Are you, it doesn't take a captain to do that. You're the 13-year vet leader. You need to go tell Jeffrey Simmons, hey, simmer down and, and get Broderick off the field. That's on you. Dude, and if that's I'm in you. there... I'm telling you know I have a little hot head in there. I'll tell them straight up. Like, what, what do you say? What do you say? Tell us what you say. No, just shut up. Like, <laughs> it's a look. He doesn't have to say yeah, anything. Yeah, hey, you like stop a, that. If forty six yeah. walks over, it's over. That's all. It's like the Trent Williams effect. They know. They know. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Uh, and on that note, we are going to end a short time with a long snapper with. Mr. Kuntz, thank you, Christian. Um, we'll see you when we can get you in. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> see you next week. See you.